1: Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand.
2: Do you believe in sports curses? Mike White, who's supposed to be the next big thing with the Jets, goes down in the first quarter, but they're saying there's got to be a curse on the Jets. And our question to you, the viewers, is do you believe in sports curses? Can't make up my mind whether I believe in them or not. Because on one hand, I say, the harder you work, the luckier you get. But on the other hand, I'm very spiritual and believe there's a plan and all the rest. So I I don't know.
1: This is the Rod Peterson Show.
2: Welcome, everybody, to the RP Show on a brand new week. And a new time for those uh, that live in Arizona and Saskatchewan. That's right. Hi, Moose. Hi. It's still noon Eastern, of course, and we welcome our viewers uh, on the Eastern Time Zone the Western time zones and every time zone, and welcome. And I just wrote into the YouTube section of our viewers there that aren't watching on Game Plus Television. I said, "What do you want to talk about today?" Because my word, was there a ton going on this weekend? Oh, yeah. how about you? Oh, yeah, it was yeah. just a whirlwind. Far, far busier than me, a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah. We go take our turns going back and forth. Um, it's interesting because I see. I haven't opened the comments on my screen let me let me do that cine girl cine girl is watching in Pittsburgh and she says I hope your Monday is off to an amazing start my Monday is off to an amazing start I'm glad that you asked but I think you all should be prepared for something just so you know that I went down to the passport office today passport Canada there's a story behind that I got to get a new passport and I'll tell you why I'm not afraid to tell you why and uh, they said, yeah, we can't get you in now, but we can get you in at 1.15. Okay, I go to air till 1 o'clock. So, yeah, Moose is going to take over for the last 20 minutes of the show while I skedaddle to I'm get down to, to the passport, passport office. So, yeah. Uh, by the way, I see people are responding with what they'd like to talk about. By the way, we're taking your suggestions. It uh, doesn't mean we'll necessarily do that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, so coming up in hour one, Ron Dugay, the New York Rangers, great. Bon Jovi, before there was Bon Jovi. Ron Dugay will be joining us. And then in hour two, Sammy Cosentino, the whitest teeth in the broadcasting business, SportsNet's CHL insider. He'll be with us and Moose will be interviewing him. So that's coming up. I uh, will chime in with this, Trenton Norway. Let's get it out of the way now. Norway, where it is. Is that clock right? 11:43 p.m. I have a feeling that clock is not. I have right. a feeling that's <laughs> I have a
3: feeling that the battery's died. Yeah, it's like supper time, six o'clock. It's right ish. It's right twice a day that clock. Norway
2: calling. The riders squeaked out a win in Edmonton. It seems like they need to sort things out. McDavid's goal is the goal of the year. And I don't believe in curses. Stay safe, everyone. And uh, somebody says, "Let's talk." XFL, stop it. Stop it. I just said there's so much going on around here and on this continent in sports. You want to talk about a league that's not going to play for two years? Stop it. Get serious with your answers here. Mm -hmm. Riders Great watching on YouTube says, good morning from Kansas City. So, yeah, everybody's punchy and chipper. I like it. I love it. We're also debuting something new today. It's a brand new text line. And I'm sure these guys have the graphic ready. There it is, 902-518-3033. I'll say it again, 902-518-3033. You want to text us right here, right here in the control, right here in the bunker, broadcasting from the NHL's Bermuda Triangle? That's the number. So write it down, put it on the fridge, put it on the coffee table. Heck, put it in your phone. Hell of an idea. Uh, let's go. Oh, yeah. yeah, let's go. Thank you, Ricky. And uh, by the way, I, I didn't put the uh, sponsors in. I'm gonna, I should. And I will here as we go through the, the uh, photo album from the weekend for Great Western. Great Western Brewing Company weekend photo album. I don't know, Moose, if you came up with any photos or not. I know I certainly did. I hope Clark did. These are some of the things that we did on the weekend. What do we got here, Clark? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was on Friday. Justin Dunk, Darren DuPont, and yours truly went to Taco Time, where I was running the first of a, a multi-day stretch at Taco Time. I saw brand new sponsor of the RP show, and uh, he had the taco salad. You had the You guys crisp, like, meat, burrito. Just one. Yeah, I went far deeper than you guys did. I know. And so that was Taco Time. Yep. That is Saturday night, God's team. I followed the team onto the ice, don't you know? I assume you watched my social media. Oh yeah. I, I stopped at the ice. I followed them right up to the ice. Uh, I really love me some Regina Pats hockey gods team. What else do we That was Saturday night. This is viewer submitted. Roxanne from Rocksta, uh, Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. Roxanne is one of our sponsors, obviously. She's the rocks in Rockstar. This was from Friday night's game in Edmonton, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. What else you guys got there? Oh, this is producer Clark. This was on the fantasy baseball broadcast that they yep. launched on Friday night. Clark was looking sharp there. $170,000 raised, Clark tells me. Was that all for charity? <laughs> right, I didn't think so. Didn't think so. Uh, Clark was at the Saddle Dome. I see they got him great tickets at the Saddle Dome there. How's the nosebleed, Clark? Did it stop bleeding yet? The bear of The air was a little... F- I've sat up there, dome beers... Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. The best. That reminds me. In college, you people in Calgary and Alberta that are watching right now, uh, we, we took a, uh, a bus, a student bus, over to a Flames game, and I will never forget. I could only pick out three players on the ice. We were so high up in the saddle them. Mike Vernon at one end, whoever the goalie was for Pittsburgh at the other end, and Theron Fleury because he was buzzing around like a little jitterbug. Yeah. Hard to take your eyes off Hard
3: out to take your Everybody
2: eyes. else, no idea. If somebody wants to look up who the goalie was for the Pittsburgh Penguins in 1989, I would, I would, Reggie Lemelin, I can't, Ken Reggett? I don't know if Lemelin played it. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Might have
3: been Ken Reggett. Didn't go to watch Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah. Uh, So that's the photo album and is proudly presented by Great Western Brewing Company. Share with us your weekend photos and get a chance to be featured on the RP show by using the hashtag rp show an original 16 to fit your active lifestyle a superior taste with only 80 calories and 2.5 percent alcohol taste without
3: compromise purchase at a store near you today what do you got you can also now text your photos in at 902-518-3033 you can text your photos to that text line and we'll be able to get them into the show so that's pretty cool too how about that when the old text line, you would always be like, oh, "I wish you could." How do we get this on the air? Well, now we can do that with uh, with your new number. It looks very
2: good on the screen too. Yeah, it looks very good on the screen. The viewers are writing in and saying, "Tom Barrasso. I think that night it wasn't Tom Barasso." Now, if you can find who his backup was, that would that's that would be godlike. Anyways, so some of the business taken care of this morning. Can we hit the quick six, Show Horn, please, directly? <laughs> We're going to start with Thursday night football. Uh, watched it over at Casa DuPont. Kevin Bayard returned Matthew Stafford's second consecutive interception, 24 yards for a touchdown, and Tennessee's defense carried the Titans to a 28-16 win over Los Angeles in a showdown between conference co-leaders. I think it could have been a Super Bowl preview. I really do. 28-16, the Titans over the Rams. And I dug this out today because I knew you'd be wearing Titan stuff. So I know. I'll give
3: you 30 seconds, and then we're moving on. It wasn't close. It yep. wasn't close. It was surprising. They gave you the game. Yeah. You know, early on and the 16 points, I mean, it was garbage time at the end. It wasn't close. It was a real surprise on how well Tennessee's defense played and how poor the Rams played. The Ram, the Jalen Ramsey thing was confusing. You know, they decided to not eject him from the game. And that was weird, but it was uncharacteristic of the Rams. They're still a contender for the Super Bowl. But uh, Tennessee still is. That was what we learned. We thought they were done. Without Derrick Henry, we learned that they're still a contender. So that's cool. Nice work. Thank you. Uh, Point two,
2: other week nine NFL notes. I scribbled a few down here. Patrick Mahomes threw for 166 yards and a touchdown. Kansas City relentlessly blitzed the Packers' Jordan Love in his highly anticipated first start. In place of Aaron Rodgers, the Chiefs beat Green Bay 13-7. At Arrowhead, it was awful. It was billed as America's Game of the Week. They had the big crew, Joe Buck and Mm -hmm. Troy Aikman. Awful game. I fell asleep. Jordan Love went 19 for 34 for 190 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Can we all agree Aaron Rodgers has nothing to worry about?
3: He's the MVP.
2: Other than the Rona. Teddy Bridgewater threw for a touchdown and had a sneak for another, and the Broncos stymied the NFL's number one defense, owned by the Dallas Cowboys snapped the Cowboys' win streak at six games, and uh, they won at Dallas 30-16. to Dak Prescott returned after missing a game with a strained right calf. Couldn't get the Cowboys moving until two meaningless late touchdowns because, as you know, it was 30 to nothing at one point, point. Mm-hmm. and uh, that is the worst shutout loss at home in Dallas since 1985. So it's the worst shutout. It's the worst loss in Jarrow world since it opened in 2009. I'm not going to say... Too much more. Sometimes you just get flat-out beat. Usually the Dallas Cowboys save those for the playoffs. (laughs) So the fact that it happened in Week 9, I think, is a blessing in a way. And everybody played. Did you watch it? No, you didn't. You're I went back
3: and watched it as much as I could. But.
2: Um, there was drop passes. There was missed tackles. There was protection issues. Dak was Dak was under 50%. It was the second worst oh, yeah. completion percentage. I think it was at 48%, uh, second worst ever. So they got it out of the way. I saw Micah Parsons drop the
3: pass. He... I... Micah Parsons was the only guy that showed up. You're okay. talking about Amari uh, Well, I saw Cooper. the one bad drop, and then I saw Zeke... Do not a lot either. Zeke didn't finish
2: the game. Yeah, uh, either. By the way, so it was just a bad day for America's. Sometimes we have a bad day at the office. It's not entirely on Dallas's, you know, thing. Uh, it happens. Oh so no! We're six and two, still leading the division. We'll be fine. It's a uh, lesson learning time. But if you want to fire Mike McCarthy between now and Thanksgiving, I would be okay with that. And Hot it's eleven eleven. Hot take. It's 11-11, by the way. Cheers. The Opportunity Portal is opening. Are you paying attention? Ah, um, ah. A lot of dogs. Yes. Dogs. Jaguars
3: upsetting the Bills. 9-6. I feel bad if anybody sat through that football game. Ugh. Except for Jaguars fans. Oh, yeah. And the whole Josh Allen versus Josh Allen thing was kind of funny. That was cool. That was cool. He had a fumble recovery, a sack, and an interception on Josh Allen. Josh Allen did on Josh Allen.
2: Apparently, it's the first time in NFL history that one guy sacked another guy. And they both have the same name. Yeah, I'm not even joking. Hey, whoa! Here come the uh, <laughs> here come the comments like crazy. Sean in Vancouver testing testing on the new line. Do you guys want to put the comments up again, if you don't mind? Um, Okay. Or, so the number, or the number. The number? 902 518 3033. It kind of rolls off the tongue. Yeah. I like it better than the old one. 902 518 3033. from Chris Jarl. Chris from BC, just checking if you fake numbered me. I would like to hear a good story from Rod. One of those. How about that? Old school stories. I actually have one. Uh, with regards to what's coming up. So just hang on, Chris and BC. From Ian, hey, Rod, fan from Calgary here. What are your thoughts on Markstrom's start to the season? Flash in the pan or just the beginning of something great? Well, I got the NHL lined up as my next point. Do we want to get into the Markstrom thing here? Uh, What are they paying him? Six million on a seven-year deal. And he was the best goalie available in free agency two free agencies ago. Last year, everything went wrong for the Calgary Flames, and that included Jacob Markstrom, and now everything is going right for the Calgary Flames, including Jacob Markstrom. They have not lost in regulation since the two home losses to open the season. Then they went on the road, and they haven't lost in regulation. Jacob Markstrom is a tremendous goaltender, and I give Brad Tree Living a lot of credit, the general manager there, because Daryl Sutter wasn't even around when they signed Markstrom. Nowhere, he was in Viking move shoveling manure. And Markstrom was the goalie. He's playing like the goalie. They got something going in Calgary. We all know that. I'll proudly boast that it was never a talent issue in Calgary. How many times have I said that? Yeah. It was a culture issue. And I know how Daryl Sutter runs things. And I'm not going to give you the examples as to how, but it's no BS. He's not putting up with any whining. He's not putting up with anybody that's not team first. And it's working. And that includes the goaltender. Listen, you can swap goalies out. Look what's happened with Freddie Anderson in Carolina, right? That the goalie doesn't really, just get in there and stop the puck. But last year, Markstrom wasn't stopping the puck. It was all part of a bad, just a bad, sour thing. They missed the playoffs. Yeah, He's stopping the puck now, and he's a big part of what they're doing. And he's not a flash in the pan. He's already proven. That's how he got $6 million. That's my thank you, by the way, Ian in Calgary, for being a fan and for asking the question. Uh, that is point three. Alex DeBrincat scored 37 seconds into overtime to give the Chicago Blackhawks a 2-1 win over the Nashville Predators Sunday night. And Derek King's NHL coaching debut. After scoring, DeBrincat scooped up the puck from the back of the net for King, who was promoted from the Blackhawks' top minor league club, Rockford of the AHL, on Saturday after Jeremy Colliton was fired. Pius Suter. Am I saying that right? Of the Red Wings, Pius Suter. And Tyler Bertuzzi each had a goal and an assist. And Detroit beat Canada's team, the Vegas Golden Knights, 5-2 on Sunday. Nick Roy had a goal and an assist. And Jonathan Marchessault also scored for the Golden Knights, who were tired. How about that? That happens. And Laurent Brassois finished with 25 saves. Uh, they played three games in four nights. Come on. Brandon Duhame scored the go-ahead goal midway through the third period, about two minutes after Ryan Hartman tied the game for Minnesota, and the Wild registered another comeback win, 5-2 over the Islanders. Troy Terry and Benoit Oliver Gruhl each had a goal and a helper, and John Gibson stopped 34 shots to lead the Anaheim Ducks to a 4-1 win over the Blues. Sam Steele also scored for the Anaheim Ducks. And JT Miller had two power play goals, and Vancouver scored Four times in the second period to beat the Dallas Stars 6-3. That's what happened Sunday in the NHL. I'm more than happy to sit here and field your questions. And uh, when we come back, well, we might spend the next entire segment on what happened in the Canadian Football League on the weekend. I want to talk about the Florida Panthers, fast becoming America's team. Talk about Monday Night Football tonight? Mm-hmm. Okay. And what is tonight's featured game? That's another, another new thing that I want to do. What are we going to be watching tonight? Yeah. See if it matches up, you and me. Sure. The warm-up's brought to you by E. Cole Electric. Come see our sales staff and in-house specialists for all your electrical needs. So we're just getting rolling. We're not even all the way through the quick six yet. It's a Monday on the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network, live streaming on YouTube daily and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com slash listen live.
1: Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show.
2: Back at it on a Monday. Episode number 608 of Canada's daytime sports talk show. Coming to you from the bunker here on the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. Pausing the quick six show topic for a second to go to the text line. Holy smoke, they're on it. Good. 902-518-3033. That's the number to Texas. It's brand new today, and I love it. And by the way, it's hiding behind this UFC Dinos helmet. And there's a funny story behind this. I took this helmet off last week to put on my Hockey Canada goalie mask because I'm like, it's hockey season for the love of Pete, and we're in Canada. You know how many people have said to me, where's the UFC helmet? Where's the UFC helmet? Like a a ton. So this morning I'm clearing room, and I'm putting it on here. And I went to have a look at it, and I told Jordan, the director of the story, and he goes, people actually pay attention to that? They do? Yes, they do, Jordan. They he do. doesn't, but he has the color adjusted just perfect on it, and that's the main thing. If it was
3: NASCAR, he'd be all over it. Too. Oh, yeah.
2: Bingo! <laughs> Back to the text line from Randy in Winnipeg. Hey, Rod, you got the wrong Los Angeles shirt on. Go, Chargers. What? Because you beat the Eagles? Stop it. Everybody does. <laughs> From DG in Saskatoon. Morning, guys. Unfortunately, I watched a lot of refs all weekend. Junior hockey games, NHL, college football, CFL, NFL. Common denominator, a lot of penalties. If I wanted to watch guys in striped shirts run the show, I'd go sit in a footlocker at the mall. Maybe that's why attendance is down these days across the board. Just a thought. DG in Saskatoon, while well, you were still watching on TV. So, and Perry wrote in at eleven eleven. He says, "Hey Roddy, why is it always not easy being a Rider fan?" I don't have the answer for that, Perry, but it is a good segue into the rest of the Quick Six show topics here. And I pick it up with Week Four in the Canadian Football League, and I, let's go in chronological order here as much as we can. Friday night doubleheader. Hamilton Tiger Cats clinched a playoff berth with a 26-18 win over the BC Lions. And let's just drop anchor there for a minute. I watched part of that game. I didn't see Michael Riley, the quarterback for BC, freaking out that he couldn't hear the communication from the sidelines or upstairs in the press box. We didn't find out till after the game that he didn't have communication with his offensive coordinator. I think it's Jordan McSimmick is the name of the coach. And Riley comes out afterwards and complains about that. And Michael Riley has got enough cred that if he's whining about that, he's not whining. It's a legitimate complaint, right? Yep, you agree? Course. obviously. I agree. You're, you're nodding your head over there. And if I go back and remember the quotes, he said not because it was Friday night. It feels like a month ago. Yeah. But he's like 95% of what was coming into my ears was a garbled mess. So on that last drive where they felt they had a chance to win the football game, he has no idea the play that's coming in. And while I've never been in that situation, I kind of got an idea how it goes. And the first thing I thought was, they're the road team. Funny how it's always the road team that has that in -hmm. any stadium. It's never the home team. You tell me, because you've coached football and played football. I haven't. Yeah. Could Riley have not have just taken his his helmet off and said, I'm not playing until
3: that's fixed. Couldn't you do that? Why wouldn't he do that? Or no? Or am I completely? They're not going to stop the game for that. No, no. And if it was deliberately done, I don't. The, I'm not saying no, it I know. Was. I know we're not. We're definitely not. But if it yeah. was deliberately done, that's something they would investigate later, and then there'd be fines and things like that, and penalties, and maybe lost draft picks and whatever else. But. In the moment, if they can't fix it, they might give you a 60-second timeout to try and get it looked at or something or let you bring in a different helmet, but they're not going to stop the game and let you protest for an hour while it gets fixed. They're going to say, look at, you can't have it. There'd be rules in place for if it's not working, if there's a bug, if the cell signal's not connecting, you know, or something happens, there'd be a protocol in place, and I'm sure they followed the protocol. It would just be massively frustrating because you're used to having that communication, and all of a sudden it's gone, and now you got to go to a different system. So, very frustrating. I get it. It's like, it's like being a broadcaster of a hockey game, and all of a sudden your line is gone. They're not going to wait for, the, for you to get that line fixed. You're going to have to call it off your cell phone. Yeah. And it sucks, and you're going to go get that fixed because you're not going in there the next time and having the same problem.
2: <laughs> so, which, incidentally, I've done. See, so you've been but- Maybe Jordan Maximich should have texted Michael Riley the play. <laughs> I don't, I'm not with you on the analogy. Okay. Because it's a field of play. I would have been okay if Michael Riley said, I'm not playing until that's fixed. But again, that's
3: just me. And that's what we do here in a coffee discussion, right? Still friends? Of course. But my dad thinks that too. He's like, they should, when Andre Pruels calling it a game, they should just go off and just say, we're not playing if he's reffing. You, you just can't. Unfortunately, you can't do it. I don't think. Did uh, your mom order your dad Manscaped for Christmas? What's well, his birthday today? Happy birthday, dad. How about that? I don't know. Maybe he's got one for his birthday. Smooth. Right on. Smooth as a baby's
2: butt. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, as we work our way chronologically through this, and I see, I want to say hello here from my guy, Mydale Mike. He says, Good morning from Paradise Island, Bahamas. Ooh. As he's watching on YouTube today, Obvi. Good morning, Mike. Miss you. We're keeping an eye on everything here in the Sweatpants Capital for you. Oh, Janelle Barkman's watching from Kimberly, B.C., and she says, Happy birthday, Dad DuPont. Kimberly sounds great, too. Oh, yeah. Everybody's in all these exotic locales but us. But we're here on the NHL's Bermuda Triangle, so we're fine. Uh, Moving on to Friday night. Saskatchewan beat Edmonton nineteen seventeen. For the longest time I wondered who was going to score more points, the Oilers or the Elks. And for most of Friday evening, the Oilers were scoring more than the Elks. Just mm-hmm. so you know. That's a true story. It's true. Six five and overtime, the Oilers beat the Rangers Friday night. But it's funny with Perry Pachkowski, he wrote in earlier here on the text line. Let's get that number up again, guys. Nine oh two five one eight thirty thirty three. We're debuting a brand new text line today. Perry says, why is it not easy being a Ryder fan? I'm kind of, Perry's a good guy. I see him quite frankly, or sorry, quite often on the concourse at Pats games. God's team. He always says, hi. I don't know. The team that's won three in a row, all on the road. The team that's eight and four. The team that went into Edmonton Friday night where we never ever won and won. What's the problem? Now, you told me,
3: you were in football stadiums and press boxes all weekend, too, and you get it, you're getting the same thing. Oh, yeah. From football people and from fans. They all want to ask me, what's wrong with the Riders? I really am not feeling comfortable about the Riders. I'm like, they won, guys. They won the football. Yeah, but in five games, the most they've scored is 20 Sh- points. Shooter McGavin. I don't know. I was too busy winning Right, That's all they're doing. They're winning football games, but everybody's concerned. They're not putting any points up. This doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. And so they're, I mean, that's that's the pulse. That's the temperature of the public. There's a lot of negativity in this town. I know. Around the local football team. Well, and speaking of that, like, I'm going to go to Winnipeg this week, and it's like, I wonder what they're saying, because it's, a lot of the same things. They're winning, winning games. <laughs> There's some good... Well, it's all noise.
2: And I read a really good quote from Brian Flores, the coach of the Dolphins, last week. He said, a lot of coaching in the NFL and being in the NFL is ignoring the noise and blocking out. And that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what the CFL people need to do. Um, Jeffrey Townes is a Stampeder fan. He says, Ryder fans seem unhappy unless they win 50 to nothing and Fajardo throws 400 yards. Right. That's always been the case. So it's noise. I'm not listening to it. They won. Um, Chris Bird says, 18 degrees in King City, Ontario today. Come at me, Caribbean. I hope you're wearing shorts. Wayne in Victoria, BC says, actually, Andre Pruel didn't have his usual bad game on Friday. That's kind of funny. Um, I remember after the 2017 Grey Cup, the Snow Globe Globe game in Ottawa, Mm -hmm. Toronto, Calgary. Right after that, I went to Arizona. And my friends in Arizona, born and bred Phoenicians, as they call them down there, were all watching the Grey Cup because they're my buddies and they wanted to watch the game. And they're like, that ref, the guy that says turd down, is he real? The guy that's hats cocked sideways, is he real? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, he's real. Very real. Penalty. <laughs> Turn down.
3: He's real. He's a treasure. He's a national treasure. He is. And he doesn't make every penalty call. Okay? Just because he's announcing them doesn't mean he threw every flag. Okay? Penalty.
2: Oh, exactly. I remember one time seeing him in the whiskey saloon after the game, having a dart. The referee, the head referee of the game. He's stressed. Pounding <laughs> Ryan Cokes like it was his job. Hmm. Um, into Saturday's games. I told you we would send, spend the whole segment on the CFL. Why the heck not? Mm-hmm. It's Canada's daytime sports talk show. Uh, I watched the Toronto-at-Ottawa game quite a bit of it, not all of it. The Argos ended up winning 23-20. to 20. If I remember, they raced out to a big lead and held on to it. But I thought that quarterback for Ottawa, Devlin Duck Hodges, the former Pittsburgh Steeler, looked just like Johnny Manziel, but effective. He was scrambling all over the place. He had the same type of mechanics. He was finding guys downfield. His team's just terrible. But as I was talking to a football guy on the weekend, they said Duck Hodges will be Ottawa's guy next year. He's that good. That's exciting. So write it down. Uh, and then the Winnipeg-Montreal game. But see, there was so much sports on television come Saturday that it was hard to choose. Mm-hmm. And I want to get to the Florida Panthers because I had made a note here. Winnipeg beat Montreal 31-21. Winnipeg's so dominant that unless you're a Bomber fan, it's really not that interesting to everybody else. Would you agree? Yeah. Right. So Winnipeg won. They're now 11-1, and and they'll be in the Grey Cup, and... They
3: beat Montreal. There's no intrigue. There. They, are, they are Calgary of the last decade or more where it's just winning is winning and winning is boring and winning is just what they do every week. And it's now a formality.
2: Yeah. So that's good for them. It's great. For it's them. not good for everybody else nor viewership necessarily. And then, but I flipped over to the game of the weekend was the Florida Panthers and the Carolina Hurricanes. And I'm not just saying that. I wrote it down here specifically. This was Saturday night, 4 p.m. our time. The Florida Panthers matched the best 11-game start in NHL history and denied the Carolina Hurricanes what would have been a league record-tying start of their own when Anthony Duclair, Duke, scored twice and added two helpers in a 5-2 victory on Saturday night at FLA Live Arena. Spencer Knight made 28 saves for Florida, which tied the 94 Penguins and the 06 Sabres as the only NHL teams to reach 21 points after 11 games. Carolina was trying to match some teams too, but they didn't, they lost. And they're now nine and one Panthers were the first team to 10 wins in the NHL this season. Uh, And here's the thing. Why do I say it was the game of the weekend? It was the first game in NHL history, pitting two teams with season opening point streaks of at least nine games together. Now, It ended up 4-0 in the first period for Florida, so it was a little anticlimactic that way. But I will say this about Spencer Knight, because I was at the Pats game Saturday night, and one longtime NHL scout, we were saying, could you believe that they threw Spencer Knight in there in the biggest game of the year, Florida versus Carolina. He's 20, okay? Uh, The scout didn't think they should. I thought, I'm a big fan of just throwing somebody into the deep end. And then I went into this deep, philosophical thing Saturday night, it reminded me of my dad on the farm saying, when I was 14, I want you to go run that $300,000 tractor. And I'm like, I can't do that, dad. Yeah, you can. I believe in you. Go get in that tractor and go do it. And then you do it. Wow. And all the other things in my life, like you can't, I can't get up in front of 3,000 people and tell my addiction recovery story. Yes, you can. Go do it. And now I can't go into that room with that meth crack addict and Try and convince them to go to treatment. I can't do that in an intervention intervention? Yes, you can. I just did it last week. When you show confidence in somebody and believe in them, most often they will. Like my dad built me in the confidence in me. Some people wilt, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody. Some people do sink. But in the case of the Florida Panthers, this would have been Andrew Burnett's call because Joe Quenville's not there anymore. Daddy not home anymore. It was Brunette that made the call, put Spencer Knight in. Bob wasn't available. And the Panthers went out and, and they motorboated the Carolina Hurricanes 5-2. They're the best team in the NHL and Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle. So I wanted to spend some time on that. Ron Dugay's next and we'll see you later. Sounds good. Okay, we'll talk Monday Night Football, the featured game. Lots to get to. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube and Facebook. No, no Facebook today. We took Facebook to the train station. Bingo! YouTube is our lone streaming service today. And 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Listen live.
1: Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now, back to the studio with Rob.
2: Welcome back, everybody. It's the RP Show. It's Canada's daytime sports talk show. Uh, We did not tell you earlier what the poll question was today, and we just came up with it. That's why we didn't tell you. Here it is. Whose goal was better on the weekend? Connor McDavid against the New York Rangers or Matthew Kachuks against same... New York Rangers. Because, frankly, I think you all are overblowing the McDavid goal. The Rangers just stood there and watched Connor whiz right by, and that included Andre, uh, Alexander of the Rangers goalie. I think the Kachuk goal might have been even better. So that's up now for uh, Capital Automall, Universal Collision Center. You can vote on YouTube and Twitter. Ron Dugay. Played 860 NHL games with the Rangers, Red Wings, Penguins, and Kings. And he joins us today from IC, St. Augustine, Florida. How you doing, Dougs?
4: I'm doing well. Um, yeah, today is um, Monday and the Rangers are playing tonight. It's always a level of excitement for me as the buildup still happens because I still, um, you know, follow closely because I love to talk about it. So uh, when I wake up in the morning and I know there's a Ranger game, I'm happy.
2: That's like me and the Regina Pats, to be frank, to be honest with you. Uh, And they've got the number one team in the NHL in there tonight, the Florida Panthers. But can we please go back then to Friday? Well, both those goals, you saw them like the McDavid goal. It was only 100 feet in. It wasn't 200 feet. He didn't have to do much weaving. The Rangers just stood and watched him. Is it worthy of all the hype that it's getting, do you think?
4: Um, Well, when you know what we know, you, you think less of it. But if you just look at for what it is, um, when you think of Collar McDavid, he's capable of doing these things, mm-hmm. and he has the confidence mm-hmm. of beating guys one on one because of his sp- uh, his uh, his speed and puck control. And so he saw an opportunity, which I love. And this is what happened. This is why I like three on three. When the first when the guys first step on the ice, three on three, they're going hard, they're going fast, and then within thirty seconds the legs start to get heavy. And I think that's what happened with the Rangers. Uh, they're at the end of a shift and they're all kind of standing there. And it was like, you, do you have them? Do I have them? You take them? And by that time he was by three and then it was against the defenseman. He made a sweet move on him, And uh, you know, that one thing with the defenseman, you, gotta, you, go, you think back of when you were a peewee, right? And you're always told, don't look down at the puck, look at the guy's chest follow the body. And sure enough, he peaked down and Connor is so quick and he's so good. And then once he's in on the goaltender, now he's got Georgiev. Now I'm not a big fan of Georgiev. Um, I think that um, I described him as a very good minor league goaltender. I don't think he's a guy that you can count on to, to play against guys like Connor McDavid or just a quality shot. And so sure enough, they're up 4-1 and they came back. And it was like, I told you so. Uh, So that's one of the things when I think about Coach Gerard Gallant. I think he's doing a wonderful job, but it's the goaltending. Like, he started him game one of the season in Washington. And uh, so I'm not big on Georgiev. Other than that, the team looks really good.
2: Did you find, now that I think about it, well, McDavid said the game reminded him of the 80s. And I'm like, you were born in 1997. What? But you played with Wayne. Did you find guys with that hat like just standing around watching just I felt like the Rangers were in awe of McDavid the other night. Did the same thing happen with Wayne?
4: Well, you know, oh yes, absolutely. Like Wayne it was Wayne was capable of beating guys one on one. He had he had no problems. There, there are times where in that situation I, I think Gretz would probably would have dumped it behind them and go around. But McDavid, what's different with him is his speed. Like he can get by guys so quickly. He's got the long reach. He's a tall guy. He's got more length than Gretz. Um, but um, yeah, you would see this in the 80s. It was literally pawn hockey. And I think what happens is that sometimes like the coaches will tell you, set a trap, right? And so that's what they did. They set up a trap for him, but they were just standing there. It was like, do you have him? Is he my man? They weren't sure. So they just kind of stood and watched and he did what he did. And it's the highlight reel for the year.
2: Uh, the Rangers are 6-3-3, three and three, second in the Metropolitan Division and doing better than I thought they would, this weekend notwithstanding. Um, what's your take on their start so far under Gerard Gallant?
4: Well, when you look at the team itself, forget coaching. When you look at the team, I think they have good balance. Uh, they have skilled guys like in Panarin, Zabinajad, and the younger players. Younger players are still developing. They're not the guys necessarily who are pulling the load. And on defense, uh, you got a Norris Trophy winner. And you throw him on a power play, and he's in the, he's averaging a point a game. So I think they have good balance. And then you throw the best goaltender in the league, potentially, other than Markstrom in Calgary. Uh, when you have goaltending, I think he probably won them, out of those games, at least three. And then he keeps you in the rest of the games. The, the games that they lost, you know, when you look at, you know, first game is Georgiev. And um, so... A lot of it has to do goaltending and they have a well-balanced team. And then when you think of coaching, Coach uh, Gerard has made it very clear, if you don't play hard, you don't, if you're not physical, if you're not engaged, you will not play. And so I, I've seen some guys, certain players, like Truba, kick it up a notch, where he's more physical, harder to play against. And then you throw Ryan Reeves in there and a few other guys, and there are a team that's a little more physical. And that creates energy. It's energy in the dress room because the weaker guys get tougher and then they step on the ice and they just play a little bit harder, more physical, harder on the puck.
2: That's funny because the last time we talked, you said name some big rough and tumble Canadian forwards. And I said, Ryan Reeves, and now he's playing for your team. How do you like that addition?
4: Oh, absolutely. I loved it. Um, I, I don't know how Chris Dreary got him out of there, out of Vegas. And I don't know why Vegas let him go because it's not, I mean, part of it is what he does on the ice, of course. He's going to be out there, and every time he's on the ice, he's looking to hit someone. But it's, it's what he does off the ice and in the dressing room. Very likable guy. And he creates an atmosphere of, hey, guys, we're going to play hard. Don't worry, but I got your back, right? So I loved it immediately. And I said, you know what? Because of this guy and a couple other players they added, I think this team is capable of making the playoffs. And so right now, that's kind of what they look like as long as, you know, you don't have to deal with injuries. But I think Rangers are capable of making the playoffs at this point, and part of it has to do with the, the different makeup of the players.
2: Well, lastly, let me ask you this. About tonight's game, Florida Panthers, New York Rangers. What, I think we're going to find out what the Rangers are after tonight at MSG. What do you think? This is going to be a hell of a hockey game.
4: Well, they, they have to redeem themselves because last game was embarrassing in Calgary now, I know Calgary from what I've seen I knew that they're a uh, tough opponent great goaltending old school coaching and uh, hard to play against they're hard on the puck but I didn't realize that that was going to happen so they're going back at the guard right now embarrassed and if I know anything about Gerard Gallant he's going to walk in that dressing with his game face on and the players are going to play hard uh and Shusterkin is going to be in net now, you never know what's going to happen, but I believe this game uh, is going to be more physical than we've seen in the past from the Rangers. And I believe they're capable of keeping it close. And of course, in hockey, it's a bounce here, bounce there. So I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a 3 2 hockey game. Could go either way. But I, I think, and then, you know, of course, the Ranger fans are uh, excited about this team. So the energy of the building should be pretty good.
2: Can't wait. Count number one team against the number two team, different divisions, of course, but it's going to be a going to be a beauty. Dukes always great. Thanks for the chat. Hope you're having fun down there in Florida. We'll do it again soon.
4: All right, always good talking with you.
2: NHL great Ron Dugay joining us from just up the Atlantic coast there in Florida. Heading down there soon, by the way. Uh, wanted to talk about Angelo Mosca and the Edmonton Elks. When we come back, and the sports, uh, sports break, too. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus television network across all 10 provinces and 31 states, live on YouTube daily and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com slash listen live.
1: Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Just ahead of the sports update on this Monday, there's some news going down, by the way. The text line is open, 902-518-3033. That's brand new today, 902-518-3033. And I guess we're kind of in taco time, viewer takeover, but I feel like I'm going to roll that into... The next hour when Moose comes back, because I was remiss in not telling my Angelo Mosca story. I said that I would in my column yesterday, and we just got busy uh, in the warm-up. Clark's got a photo of Angelo Mosca. For those of you that don't know, he's the Hall of Fame defensive lineman of the Hamilton Tiger Cats who passed away on Saturday at the age of nine, uh, 84. He is, uh, he is just a definition of a Hall of Famer. I took that photo at the 2017 Hall of Fame induction at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton. Like he's looking at me like he wants to kill me as he's sitting in a senior's chair slash walker thing. And he might have, because you all know the story from the 2011 Grey Cup at the CFL Alumni Awards where he got in a fight with Joe Cap. They brought up that incident that happened in I think the 1968 Grey Cup or something. And Mosca took a swing at Joe Cap with his cane. They were in their 70s at the time. And Cap came and just <coughs> cold cocked right there. Angie went off the stage into the curtain, and people thought that it was staged, and it was not. It was all real, of course, but that's I saw him the next night getting off an escalator in the Pan, Pan Pacific Hotel in Vancouver, and I was like, Angie, are you okay? That was quite a night, quite an event there yesterday, and he just winked and said, it's all about entertainment, just laughed, but I remember... In early 2000s, going into the Hamilton Tiger Cats offices on Balsam Avenue, day before a game, Ty Cats and Rough Riders. It was with my color commentator, Karm Kateri. And um, Angelo Mosco was sitting there with Ron Lancaster having coffee. And Karm just literally, <gasps> who, as a guy that was brought up on the CFL in the 60s and 70s, he couldn't believe it. And I said to him, what? What? I understand they're Hall of Famers. What's the big deal? And he was like, to a hockey puck like you, that would be like walking into a room and seeing Wayne Gretzky and Glenn say they're having coffee. And I'm like, oh. And Carm just sat down and said, I just want to sit here and listen to you two. And that was CFL. I don't know if they still do it that way or not, but you got two Hall of Famers sitting there just shooting the breeze. And, uh, it was a, and they sat on down, sat and had a, a football discussion. That old scrappy, junky office on Balsam Avenue that the diecats don't have anymore. But Angie was always welcoming, always great, always wanting to talk football. Just a really good guy and the CFL family. The entire CFL in mourning after the passing of Angelo Mosca on Saturday. Um, Yeah, Taco Time viewer takeover is going to roll over into hour two. The Maple Leafs go for a sixth win in a row tonight when they host the L.A. Kings. The Leafs' run has moved them into second place in the Atlantic Division, though they still trail division-leading Florida by six points. Uh, You didn't give me the last minute! Marcus Semien continues to be rewarded for his strong season with the Blue Jays. The Toronto infielder won an American League gold glove for his work at second base this year. It was the 31-year-old's first time winning the award. we got to cut it off. Sports update is for Ballers Rec Room, the Tap Brewhouse and Drive-Thru Liquor Store, and for Red Bull Canada. Red Bull gives you wings. Hour 2 coming up after this break.
1: For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com.